Welcome. Boom. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to another fantastic episode of My Orgasmic Life. <laughs> so today I'm very excited because this is my hundredth episode. Show 100. So I wanted to do something um, exciting for 100. And, um, you know, I asked my audience, I'm like, hey, who has some ideas? And one of somebody had a great idea that I haven't talked about play parties. And I'm like, oh, well, that's exciting. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. So that's what our special is today. Our, our show is on play parties. So before I get into the juicy content, um, I just wanted a couple different things, some housekeeping things. One, in case this is the first time you've ever spent any time with me, I'm Gaia Morissette. I'm a holistic sexual wellness specialist. Also, that uh, this episode was brought to you by Tickle.life. For all of your sexual education and wellness needs, check out Tickle.life. Yee! <laughs> all right, let's get into play parties. Woohoo! I know, I'm like, it's so, I'm just so excited. It's so, it doesn't take much to excite me, let's be honest. <laughs> All right, so play parties. Let's get back to business here. So, what is a play party? Um, first of all, let's define that. A play party is uh, a place where and it's used in many different contexts, and we're gonna talk about all the different types of play parties that there are. But basically the justice is that when someone says a play party, um, it means it's a grouping, a group of people get together from some kind of sexual context um, to spend some time together. So that's, you know, would be play. But instead of like a play date as kids, it's like adult playtime. <laughs> And there's more, there's a group of people that are doing it, okay? So that's kind of like the gist of, a, of, of using the term play parties. Now, there's different lifestyles. So there's different um, genres of play parties. So we'll start with uh, BDSM. So in the BDSM world, um, you know, a play party can have sexual interaction, um, like you know, intercourse, like actual sexual acts, or a play party can have no sexual acts and only BDSM and impact play and power exchange and other things, but no actual um, penetrative or um, intercourse related sexual activity. So that's what a play party would look like well and I'll dive into that a little bit deeper in a second but I just want to go through the, uh, the other lifestyles so that's that's the BDSM play party um, a swingers play party would be um, couples hanging out um, swapping sharing group sex threesomes foursomes different options but you you know the premise is that everybody who is there is there as a couple right so that's like a swingers play party and then you have like a house party um, which is usually it's more referred to as a house party typically but it also sometimes is talked about as a play party 
And, um, and then you have, you know, kind of more of the orgy house party, uh, where there can be singles, there's can be couples, and it's all, you know, different sex uh, activities that are going on. So those are kind of like the main three types of play parties. Um, all right, so let's come back to um, the BDSM play party. So at a BDSM play party, you want to find out what kind of party you're, so first of all, let's just start with this. You always want to do your research to find out what kind of party are you going to. It's kind of like you wouldn't show up to a costume party without wearing a costume, or you wouldn't show up to a regular, you know, somebody's party without knowing if there was a theme to the party, okay? So if just kind of look at it from that perspective. It's like, what is the theme of the party? What are like the, what are you getting yourself into? What are you walking into? So that's like the first thing, all right? Do your research. Don't, you know, I, I highly recommend you really ask a lot of questions. You know, like, what are, so these are some of the questions that I would ask. Somebody invited me over for a play party. My first question would be, what kind of play party is it? <laughs> what genre are we looking at? Um, who's attending? So I have a good idea, you know, what kind of people are attending? Um, are they swingers? Are they, is it a, you know, are they polyamorous? Are they kinky? Like what, what, what's happening here? Like what, you know, cause there can be crossover in all these places, right? So like, I want to know who, who I'm hanging out with. Also, it's really important to ask the host um, what are the rules? What are the, what are the consent rules? Um, what are the etiquettes? What are the expectations? So that you also know what you're getting yourself into. This is a really important piece because each play party is run differently. And I'll get into the, the logistics of what that would look like in a second, but it's really important. So that's the first rule. Your first rule of play parties is to ask questions. <laughs> Who's going? What's the genre? Um, you know, and what are the protocols? Okay. So let's go back to BDSM. So you're at a BDSM play party. And, um, you know, depending on the type of party and the scenes and the people um, will have a lot to do with whether or not you're, you are either bringing your play partner, being like your, you know, if you're Dom, your sub, if you're a sub, your Dom, and you putting on a scene and a bunch of people watching you, or um, somebody, which is more common, um, versus um, you just showing up and then being a part of a scene. All right, like that's, you know, that takes a lot more negotiation and trust and unless you know the people that are at that play party and you've played with them before and that kind of stuff, right? So you wanna, first thing you wanna do is find the DM, the dungeon master. And tell them, okay, 
I'm new to this community uh, or like into this, you know, the group of people that you're, you know, at, you're at the party with, um, you know, if you're new to ever being at a play party, you want to tell them that so that they can take you around and they can show you around where everything is, and how to, you know, use the equipment and what's the protocol of like using the equipment and how long can you be in a seat? And how do you observe and watch people's scenes um, and not interrupt those scenes? Like, what are the rules? What are the rules of engagement? And each DM will, uh, that play party will, that's why they have a DM. They have, you know, usually they have one or more than one who's walking around and basically making sure everybody's safe and everything's going according to, you know, the rules and everybody's playing by the rules. So everybody feels safe. Okay, so align yourself with the DM, find out, and also the DM can introduce you to people, right? So, you know, a good DM will be like, so what's your things? <laughs> Tell me what your things are. Um, so that they can kind of like, you know, because in the BDSM world, in the kink world, it's so huge what people's arousals and turns ons and their things are. It's huge. So that is a great way of kind of, and the DM knows everybody in the community. So, um, you know, they know everybody's likes and dislikes and their, their things. So, you know, befriend, become, be, best rule, befriend the DM, the dungeon master, or the dum, dungeon mistress, okay? Um, it's always good to know what the rules are, but here is a kind of a general rule. Um, don't interrupt somebody playing. So you can watch, get your voyeur on, and don't make running commentary, be quiet, because there's nothing worse than if you're in a scene, especially in the BDSM, okay, we're, we're still in the BDSM play party here. If you're in a scene, you're in a scene, and you're like dropping in, and the sub's dropping in, and everybody's, you know, they're drop, you know, the people who are participating and being a part of that scene. Um, a scene, also when I say scene, is like the act that's happening, um, the grouping of people that are doing whatever they're doing, um, is called a scene. So you don't, the last thing you want is to interrupt and pull the people out of their experience by giggling, laughing, talking, whispering, you know, it, you know, make some mental notes and then go somewhere far away if you want to talk about what you've just seen with somebody, all right? Um, because you don't want to be that asshat that ruins somebody's sexual experience. <laughs> and that was exactly what happens when there's running commentary in the background, okay? So that's a really good rule of like being, <laughs> that's kind of good voyeur etiquette. <laughs> Don't be an asshat. <laughs> oh, sorry, okay. So, um, what else do I want to tell you about that? And so don't interrupt, okay? Especially in a BDSM scene. Um, now, let's move to like a swingers play party. Also, I didn't talk about the sex clubs. So the sex clubs also have different protocols, all right? So we have our house party, 
you have your sex clubs um, and you have your BDSM play parties. So those are the, the big ones, okay? So anyways, so now let's go to the swingers, all right? We'll zip over there. <laughs> Boom, chicken, wow, wow. Now, depending on, uh, you know, who, what, what, you know, what are the rules? So you're going to, again, um, it's usually the host or the hostess um, who is going to do the kind of similar thing to the DM. Um, basically, you're going to connect with them. You're going to find out, okay, so what are the protocols? What are the consent rules? And so when I say consent rules, it's like, how do I engage with other people? How do I touch other people? How do I... Uh, uh, you know, let other people touch me. These are the consent rules, right? And so different parties have different levels of that. Um, and different situations have different levels of that. So you want to know what you're getting yourself into so that you can, A, respect the consent rules that are at that party, um, number one. But number two, if they're not high enough for you, like if you need more um, consent, um, a higher level of negotiation and conversation before you feel comfortable to have any sexual touch or interaction with somebody, then you need to put those, those position, those, um, protocols in place for yourself with your, whether you're there by yourself or you're there with your partner or your partners or your lovers or whatever. Okay. So that's a really, really important piece going into that so that you feel safe and you feel um, good about the experience and that you don't feel, especially if you have trauma and this is a, an important piece is that if you have a past where there's been trauma involved then you need to have all the details so that you feel comfortable and you feel safe in your body, okay? Now, overall, the general rule is no means no, and um, it's not okay to get offended when somebody says no thank you, okay? So that's across the, you know, that's a general rule in the swinging world that no means no. But the level of consent varies from club to club, play party to play party, uh, group to group. So um, you need to figure out what that is, your comfort level is with that and what it is with the group. And if you need more, then it's okay for you to ask more. So for example, I am very, it's really important for me to have high uh, consent, like I don't like random people touching me sexually, even if I'm like laid out and I'm, you know, my brains are being fucked. I want somebody to ask permission to touch me. This is an important piece for me. This is a piece that makes me feel empowered and sexy and, um, and it gives me permission to say, no, I'm not interested. And that feels really comfortable for me. But in different sexual situations, in different play party situations, sometimes that's the norm, sometimes that's not the norm. Even when it's not the norm, it's important that, so for example, in a situation where that may, may not be the norm, where before somebody touches you, they ask if they can touch you, or can I eat you out, or you know, can I finger you, or can I fuck you, or whatever it is that they're asking for. Um, if that's not the norm, and, and the norm is just to kind of like, once you've kind of gotten the nod that you can just do whatever you want, um, then, and you need the level of consent like I'm talking about, 
then what you need to set up is you need to have your spotter. <laughs> so your spotter's job is to make sure that if somebody's watching and wanting to engage, that you they tell they that the rule they're they're told what the rules are, right? Before they go anywhere near you, they've been informed um, what the rules of engagement with you is. And that way you can be in the throes of the sexual experience and enjoying whatever that's happening, whether that's, you know, uh, you know, you're having a threesome, a foursome, a gangbang, whatever it is. Um, then you can really be, you know, dropping into that experience without having to think about, oh no, somebody news walked into the room and are, are they just going to touch me or are they going to ask me because they don't know the rules about, you know, how to engage with me. So it's good to have a spotter. You know, some people have wingman. <laughs> you go to a play party, have a spotter. <laughs> and and you can negotiate what that looks like, like what you need and what they need. And you can like, you know, set, you know, offset each other for being each other's spotters. Be like, okay, for the next hour, you're my spotter and I get to, you know, let out my inner slide. And for the next hour, you get to let out your inner slide and I'll spot you. So that's one way of getting around um, if you're in a situation where there's not a lot of, uh, you know, negotiation periods before play engagement happens um, is to have your spotter be the person that says this is what their rules of engagement if you want to play with whoever we're talking about okay so that's a really good way of doing it um another thing about play parties is you're kind of you're kind of walking around naked and you have your towel so um you don't necessarily have pockets to put stuff <laughs> so a wonderful little trick and tip is i like to bring my tool belt i look really hot naked I look really hot naked wearing my tool belt filled with all of my orgy tools, <laughs> sex party tools. I have gloves, I have lube, I have condoms, I have my own sex toys that are for me and my own, my body only. Um, you know, uh, what else do I got in there? I got wipes in there. Uh, some, you know, mouthwash. I mean, this is my, this is my kit, right? So you can have a, you can have your tool belt or you can have, you know, carry something else, but you need, you want to have your play party, you know, survival kit. <laughs> and in that survival kit is wipes, lube, condoms, uh, gloves, sex toys, and mouthwash and gum. Oh, and deodorant. <laughs> and here you're set. <laughs> and a towel. You want to make sure you got your towel that you're moving. Is you know it's not okay to just kind of sit anywhere without your you know your your bottoms on a towel. Okay, that's just good etiquette. As a nudist, you learn this really well, so you just kind of always have a towel, and you're all good. 
So that's your survival kit. Uh, what else do I want to teach you, tell you about play parties? Talked about protocols and etiquette. Um, and I think it's really important if you're a newbie and you're going together um, in a relationship that um, you've kind of, it's really good to just go the first time it's good to go as a voyeur, whatever genre we're talking about. Sex club, swingers, BDSM. And go as a voyeur. That's number one. And enjoy the arousal. And then if you get turned on, you know, and you want to be an exhibitionist, then, you know, depending on where, where you are at, so, you know, BDSM, you know, you will know what the protocols of whether it's a sex or just a non-sexual um, play party. Uh, you might, so you might want to play, play out a scene. Um, if you're letting out your exhibitionist at, you know, swingers, you might want to just fuck each other's brains out and let other people watch and just say, you know, um, we're only playing with ourselves, um, you know, today so that people know. Um, you know, and so that's a good way to kind of, you know, instead of like making it more complicated by dropping in and being like, oh, we're going to do everything. Um, unless you have like a really, your, your personalities are like pretty not like you're not, you're not, you're really good at communicating with each other. You have no jealousy whatsoever. There's no insecurities in your relationship whatsoever. Um, I highly recommend that you just kind of the first time you go into this whatever world, you go as a team. And if you're in a relationship, you go as a team and you're going to just be voyeurs and watch. And then afterwards, you guys can then have conversations about what you liked, what you didn't like, you know what you're getting yourself into. And then you can talk about where do you want to explore next? How do you want to explore that next? And I think it's really, that's a really important piece because often I hear couples go in from being monogamous to all of a sudden dropping into a play party. There's like a zillion steps that need to be taken so that that's successful before you like, oh, we're at a play party. We're fucking strangers, <laughs> which is hot. Don't get me wrong. It's totally hot. But you want to make sure that it, you do certain things that you want to do to make sure that it's a successful experience for you and your partner and your relationship. Okay. So take it slow, you know, you know, and you can just say we're new. So if, if so, you're like, Ooh, fresh meat. <laughs> and they're all like, and you just be like, we're new. We're just voyeurs tonight. People get it. People sport it. Don't worry. They, they understand. Okay. It, besides, it'll just make them want you more because <laughs> can't have you. <laughs> As, so that the next time you come to the play party, you won't be worried about having play partners. They'll all be lining up to have time with you. <laughs> okay. So it's all good. Right. It isn't like it's the only time you're, and I think this is a really good mindset to go into any kind of uh, situation, any kind of play party, any kind of genre, is that looking at this, that this is not your only experience. This is not your only opportunity 
to ever experience this. And that you can do it in stages. You can do it individually. Like you can do it slowly in baby steps so that it's like enjoyable and successful and, and, you know, and it's an important piece. Now, this part I haven't talked about. And if you take anything away from today's show, this is the thing I want you to take away. Do not get hammered. Often, what happens, um, first of all, in the BDSM world, it's, in, it's incredibly discouraged to point out not almost like it's, it's like a rule. Getting a playing intoxicated, especially in BDSM, is in so potentially dangerous um, that it's so discouraged, okay? So in the BDSM world, whether we're intoxicated in any capacity, drugs, alcohol, whatever, because you need to, because people can get really hurt if they don't know what you're, if you don't know what you're doing. And if you are intoxicated, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, and your body doesn't know what it needs Right? And, the, and the submissive and the bottom doesn't know how to ask for what they need to prevent injuries from happening. So no intoxication. And I say this because often when we're nervous, it's kind of societally, it's kind of our default. It's our default to um, make sure that we, you know, take the edge off. We take the edge off and then we consume more and we take the edge off and we consume more and our inhibitions come down. And the more inhibitions come down, um, the more we're like, yeah. But the problem is, is that because you were under the influence, you weren't really able to truly give consent. And you may end up saying yes to something that you weren't actually emotionally prepared for, psychologically prepared for, um, physically prepared for. And you can get yourself into situations that instead of this being this beautiful, transcendent, exploratory, amazing, you know, earth-shattering experience, it can become harmful and filled with shame and guilt and feeling icky because you didn't you weren't able to communicate what you needed and to, to ha be able to stay strong in your boundaries and and have other ask people to respect those boundaries because you're under the influence and you're intoxicated and you can't really actually your brain isn't working so even though it seems like it's really scary and really uncomfortable don't get intoxicated it's, and it's really easy. And if you do get intoxicated, don't play. That's just a really good rule. Just do not play. So that you can feel good about the experience. Also, as a side note, when you're intoxicated, you first of all, you don't make good judgment calls. <laughs> Second of all, even, but you think they're good, but you don't. Um, Second of all, it's not of attractive to the other people around you either. There's, let's be honest, drunk, like overly drunk people are not sexy. They're not. They're slurring the words, they're, they're fumbling, they, you know, it's just not sexy. So this is the most important thing. If you, I've talked, all the things to talk about is important, but this one, 
if you manage to make sure that you are always of sound mind, then you can give consent. You will never end up in something that you are not okay with. And that's the most important part when you dive into the world of play parties, is that it needs to be this amazing possibility of exploration. And you want to make sure that it feels good and that you feel safe and all the safety things are taken into consideration. Your physical well-being. So let's talk a little bit about how do we do safe sex, safer sex in um, a group sex situation, all right? So this is why you want your survival kit. Okay, you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you got your gloves, your condoms, your toys, your lubes, they go with you. Okay, wherever you're going, they're going with you. And anybody who's playing with you, you want them to use them. So that's a really important piece. You want them to use that if it's being used on your body, right, as the owner of the vagina. <laughs> Now, penis owners, um, it's good to have your own little kit that you go that goes with you um, in case somebody doesn't have their own kit, so that you always have gloves and condoms and lube. All right. Um, make sure that you don't cross contaminate. So, if you got one finger in one hole and you have, make sure. Another finger is in the other hole. You want to make sure it's in separate hands. But two different people, each one has a hand. <laughs> Don't switch them. Okay? Because you can cross-contaminate, and then we have all sorts of problems with STIs and STDs and, you know, e the ecosystem and all these things. Okay? So just, you know, that's, that's a good rule. This person has this hand, if you're playing with two people, this person gets one hand, the other person gets the other hand, okay? Don't cross them. Um, you know, never go from anal to anything without uh, serious uh, washing and always have condoms, um, you know, condoms, 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 condoms. Gloves, gloves are sexy, have gloves on. Right? Unless this is a group of people that you know really, 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 really well, and you've all been tested and you've all agreed and you all are fluid, fluid bonded, and, and this is like, and there's a lot of trust going on, um, then, then that's a different story. Okay. But that is because you've had you trust and testing and communication and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So we always want to have gloves on when we're fingering people, putting things in orifices, <laughs> right? And then it's easy. And it's easy because you just take off the glove, put on a new glove, right? Um, the other reason we want gloves is because we have things under our nails. We got hangnails. Um, you know, we don't, we got, you know, all this stuff. And gloves don't absorb the lubricant. So the body's lubricant, so that's also good. It helps make it nice and slippery, okay? Um, what else do I want to teach you? Oh, yeah. So if you have your penis, okay, penis owners, all right. So you got a condom on. 
You're fucking one vagina. There's another vagina there. Do not go from that vagina to the other vagina. Don't do it. Okay, cross-contamination, all right? So if you're fucking one vagina, you got a condom on, take the condom off, go to the bathroom or get your wipes, wipe it all down, wipe the whole area down, put another condom on, and then you can have go have sex with the other vagina, okay? So this is important about safe sex within that, that realm. And if other people aren't practicing that kind of safe sex, then this is where it's really important to have your spotter. <laughs> your spotter's like, hey, no, hey, no. <laughs> Put a glove on. Put a condom on. All these things, okay? So, you know, it's, that's why it's good to have, it's always just good to bring a spotter if you're going to a play party. You know? All right. That's a lot. I think that's, that's, those are the big ones. Um, oh, actually, the last one, the last piece that I really want to talk about is what happens when you freak out or uh, somebody breaks a rule or when you're in a relationship, okay? So if you go with a partner. Um, so this is why I say the first time you go, have the rule that you aren't playing with others so that you can see all the ins and outs and all the things that happen so that you can conceptualize how it logistically works and then and you can see it and then you can fantasize about it and then you can talk about it and you can then see how each other feels about the idea of it and how you feel about it. So then it's good to have like a set of kind of rules of engagement as I like to call them. So um, some couples are like, okay, no kissing. Um, some couples are like, okay, no, you know, ejaculation with another person. Um, some are like no oral sex. Some are, we always play together. Like these are some of the rules, right? Um, eventually you kind of just kind of let go of a lot of those rules because it's not really a big deal, but it gives you each time you have a set of rules and you kind of lean into those places and then you can negotiate afterwards. Um, how do you feel about us changing that up and exploring this differently? What it does is it allows you to kind of settle into the next layer of challenging your love paradigms around monogamy right that we've been programmed to believe and so instead of like ripping it all out and you're completely raw and bare um doing it in kind of stages makes it a little bit easier to process and handle as an individual and 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 within your relationship so that's my suggestion is you kind of do it in layers like in baby steps unless that just doesn't seem like your your style of your relationship and you guys are really good at communicating and you tend to not have jealousy and all that kind of stuff, then I'd say, okay, well, you could just be like, okay, these are the ways that I'd like to explore. What are the ways you would like to explore? Um, okay, how can we make that happen? All right, so there's different ways of approaching it. Now, this is really, really, really important. If you're having insecurities and jealousy, you want to have a safe word, a code word 
where you can just, instead of getting angry, instead of lashing out, instead of freaking out, instead of making a scene, you can just have your word that your safe word. So in the BDSM world, the safe world, you know, typically is red. As soon as red said, everything stops, you know, everything is ended, all that kind of stuff. Aftercare happens, all that kind of shit. Not shit. All that kind of stuff. It's good. Very important. In the swingers world, in the sex world, you really want to make sure that you have kind of a safe word. Um, where one of you can say the safe word, and as soon as the other person hears the safe word, they disengage, they stop what they're doing, and they disengage, and you guys can walk away from the scene to have a conversation about what's going on, what you either one of you need. And it may be, okay, that was good. It's time for us to go so that we can process this together. Um, it may be like, uh, you know, somebody is bothering me that I don't feel comfortable with. Like, there's a lot of things. But you want to have that word that when one of you say it, immediately the other person disengages whatever they're doing. And you both can go have a place where you can go have a conversation. That prevents fights, uh, making a scene. Because that's the thing is that it's okay to be a newbie, and in the world, in the swinging world, it's okay. Everybody understands it's you know it's new and it's not easy and blah blah blah. But it's not okay to air your dirty laundry and bring in everybody else, which is going to ruin everybody else's time there. So that's a really important piece: is that making a scene is not cool on any level. Um, you're there set up a system that works for you guys so that you can deal with your shit, deal with the emotions that might be coming up, but you're not going to ruin anybody else's time. Okay. All right. That's a lot. So I hope you learned lots. Um, how to find a play party is another story altogether. So in the BDSM world, it's really important to go to your community's munch um, and get to know people. Um, once you get to know people in the BDSM world and they feel comfortable with you, then you can then you know people start inviting you to you know to events and to play parties and things like that. Okay. Um, in the swinging world, you can go, there's, depending on where you live, there's sex clubs you can go to so that you can kind of get a taste of what it looks like. Um, and then you start to make friends. And as you know, you start, there's also swingers clubs where you can start to make friends. There's online swingers communities that you can join so that you can build some rapport. Um, and like once you start to build you know, your, your own little tribe within the tribe of swingers, um, then, you know, play parties and you start to get invited to play parties and these kinds of things. Um, the third way is, you know, random advertising of play parties. However, um, if you're not new, if, if you are new to the world, I wouldn't recommend that because um, there's a lot of 
variables that are not controlled from that perspective. So I would prefer, it would be much better to go to a swingers club than go to a sex club because there's people there that are making sure everybody is safe and practicing safe sex and all this stuff. And you can learn to navigate it and get the, the tools under your, you know, skills under your belt before you kind of head into like a private event where um, anything is possible at those. Okay. All right. If you're like, oh my God, this was really hot and it really turned me on. It was really exciting and I want to explore this, but I don't know how to do this <laughs> and I want some more support. You can find me at succulentliving.com um, for all of your, if you want to explore the BDSM realm, you can find me at empressgaia.com for all your BDSM needs. Don't forget to download my, my orgasmic life uh, app for this podcast so you can have me with you all the time everywhere all you have to do is go to google play store and you can follow me on all the social media platforms under gaia morissette or empress gaia and oh i also host if you're like oh i love spending time with gaia of course you do <laughs> I host Tickle.Life's podcast, so, um, which is really cool. You should check, us, check it out, um, where we dive into talking about uh, experts' personal stories, about their sex stories and their relationship stories and you know, you know, their kinks and all sorts of juicy stuff. So if, you're, if you like being a voyeur, it's a fantastic podcast, Tickle.Life podcast. All right. That's it. That's all. And thanks for... Thanks for making a hundred shows possible. I'm so happy. And the last, oh, last thing. I know I always say this. I always forget. But the last thing is if you want to continue your education, I always forget to talk about this. I have a, a library of, I believe there's 13 courses, 13 different variations of sexy education from sexual skill building to tantra to bdsm to relationships and non-monogamy um you name it in the realm of human sexuality the, you know and that is always evolving and it's always growing so if you're like a knowledge seeker and you're like hungry to learn more and and you want to expand who you are and the sex life that you want to have the best sex life you want to have the sex life that they write stories about and songs about and poetry about <laughs> the knowledge is power baby so you can check out my courses my online courses at uh, my website succulentliving.com under work with us online courses um all right that's it that's all bye-bye i love you Thanks for making a hundred hot and sexy. <laughs>